Welcome to Reviews with Z. I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Yes, this is episode four. Reviewing movies, TV shows, and documentaries. Again, this podcast will uh, be about historical movies and TV shows. As well, I will be reviewing some of the most famous and not so famous sci-fi movies and TV shows as well as dramas. Alright, let's do this. Well, I had to take a week off. I had a lot going on with work and family. And uh, I had to take a week off. So I am back. I will be uh, giving you guys two two episodes this week. Um today um, for episode 4 I will be reviewing the hit movie um, well it really wasn't a hit movie it was um, it was a big deal is what it was (laughs) today I'm going to be reviewing uh, the 2017 movie The Wizard of Lies. And uh, this is starring uh, Robert De Niro. And this is uh, the big scandal uh, about Bernie Madoff, which was, uh, let's see here, The Wizard of Lies. uh, This is, the genre is biography, crime, and drama so of course you know drama and biography would fall in the genres that I want to review so um, the fall of Bernie Madoff whose Ponzi scheme robbed 65 billion from unsuspecting victims uh, the largest fraud in US history and it was a big deal um, now this movie is starring, as I said, Robert uh, De Niro, who's playing Bernie Madoff. It's it's uncanny how uh, how much um, he actually looked like the real uh, Bernie Madoff with the makeup and the way they had his hair. Uh, if you look at pictures of Bernie Madoff, they they cast this really well. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer uh, played Ruth Madoff, his wife. Um, this is uh, Alessandro Nevian Naval. Uh, played Mark Madoff, his oldest son, and Nathan Darrow uh, played Andrew Madoff. Uh, I believe Nathan Darrow is in uh, one of my favorite shows that I actually just started, Bill- Billions. Um, he's in that. Uh, and also the uh, FBI agent that's in this uh, movie uh, Kelly Aquin he's also in uh, Billions Wild Bill one of my favorite characters in Billions I'm on um, I'm on season 2 of Billions and uh, that's kind of a new show so I didn't really want to review that um, that's a really good show so if you're looking for a good drama check that out oh and uh yeah uh michael kostroff is also in billions he has a hilarious role (laughs) he has a really funny role 
he plays Peter Madoff, uh, Bernie's brother. So now the uh, director of this movie was Barry Levinson. Levinson. Uh, the writer Sam Levinson. Uh, not sure if they're related, but I wouldn't be surprised if they they are related. Uh, Sam Levinson did screenplay, and John John Burnham. Burnham uh, wait, I'm sorry, John Burnham Swartz screenplay and Samuel Baum screenplay. So, yeah, this was um, a biography about the great scandal and. Um, Let's see here. Uh, I remember this being all over the news uh, back 2008, 2009. Um, I never really quite understood um, exactly what he did. Uh, it's probably one of the first times I ever heard the term, the term Ponzi scheme. Um, and me, myself, I've also been caught up in a Ponzi scheme with a uh, marketing company. And uh, so, hey, I, I know how it feels. They, <laughs> they scammed me for a better part of, it, of a year. <clears throat> so, yes, I do know how that feels, and that sucks. But um, this is a big deal. And um, they made sure that they uh, castigated this guy all over the news that he was the you know scum of the earth. <laughs> like his name basically became like a, a slogan for people getting taken advantage of you. You know, made off, made off nice on you. <laughs> um, but uh, this was this was a very uh, somber drama, and um, but it was it was it was okay, you know. Uh, it I, I left still wanting to know kind of what the more of the details, and it, it's 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 over two hours. It, it felt like it was more like an hour and a half. It really didn't. Um, feel like it was over two hours but it's uh, about two hours and ten minutes I believe and it doesn't feel like it so that's that's a plus um, most dramas that go over two hours kind of drag you know this didn't really drag um, and uh, let's see here so there's a little bit more about Bernie Madoff uh, born in uh, April of 1938 and uh Looks like it's born in uh, New York, I believe. And uh, his net worth is $64.8 billion. No, no, that's how much he he, uh, he stole. Now, um, he was at one time the chairman of the NASDAQ. So this is why this guy had the opportunity um, to take advantage of so many people. Because... He was, you know, NASDAQ is a big deal. It's Wall Street. And um, to be the chairman of that, it's going to be a lot of responsibility, but also a lot of people are going to um, trust you with their money. I mean, he's the top guy and one of the top 
the top position. So um, pretty pretty strange, you know, that that could happen. Um, now, uh, let's see. Now, this guy, yeah, he was born in New York City. And it says he went to Hosfra University, stockbroker, investment advisor, financier. Financier. And um, looks like he you know, started his own company, investment in securities. And uh, see his wife, Ruth Madoff. They had two sons, Mark and Andrew. Uh, yeah, so looks like he started a penny stock brokerage in the 60s and he turned that into an investment company and uh, served as a chairman. It was the uh, sixth largest market maker in S&P 500 stocks. So they, they, were, they were a big deal. They were in the top, you know, investment uh, firms. Now, um, let's see, his brother worked for, for him, Peter Madoff. He was the uh, director of compliance, which is kind of hilarious once we get into the story here. Um, and also his sons, Mark and Andrew. Wow, I didn't know that. Okay, so so you know, he, now now after this scandal happens, he's not the only one that goes to prison here. Um, now, see, they don't make this clear in the movie. So it says Peter was sentenced to ten years in prison. Wow, in twenty twelve. So his brother actually did go to prison. The movie really doesn't make that clear, but uh, the Googles. See, that's why you got to do your Googles, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, so he's not the only one who went to prison. Now, this movie starts out with his sons uh, and his brother, Peter, who I I just was reading here, uh, that he actually went to prison as well. It starts out with them pressing him on why he's given out $175 million in bonuses. Now, uh, the movie, let's see, the movie starts out in 2008. Now, this is uh, during the, okay, December of 2008, during the uh, stock, stock market meltdown. So, if you can remember, you know, when Obama got elected, the stock, stock market fell and crashed, and uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and <laughs> uh, what was the uh, Goldman Sachs like what was the belt that company got bailed out with other companies I can remember Citigroup or Citibank um, obviously I'm not an investor <laughs> but those are some of the, the names I can remember that were in trouble or, or bailed out and, and, and this all happened during this uh while this guy was doing this Ponzi Ponzi scheme. So the movie starts out in that week, that month of the stock market crashing and everything going uh, going to shit, basically. 
Um, now, apparently, they're they're oppressing him. The the son, the two sons, and the uh, brother, because they're like, "Well, <clears throat> what's going on, Dad?" You know. And as they're walking into his office, uh, <laughs> one of the sons is like, "Hey, we're, we're not gonna." We're not gonna um, take it this time. We're gonna we're gonna stand up to him because apparently they try to press him on stuff and he just tells them, "Hey, you know, it's my business. You don't like it, kick rocks." Which you know I can understand that as well, but um, you know these these guys they have seemingly have prominent positions in in this company, uh, Bernie Madoff Securities, and so they. You know they want to know what's going on. You're you're giving out 175 million dollars in bonuses in December, which you know um, I can I've worked in uh, corporate settings, and I usually that's done. You know at the from what I understand, the first second quarter or between uh, you don't do it in last quarter. So they're they're like, what's going on? And he's basically like, look, don't worry about it. I'm, taking care of people I want, I want to do what I want to do it's my money, it's my company don't worry about it so the sons are just like, you're insane Like this is crazy to give out all this money not knowing where the company is going to end up at the end of the year so the brother basically just looks at him like, you know, cut the shit dude. just, you know let them know what's going on, yeah I mean, they're going to find out anyway, and they, of course, they they did, but he basically, he lets them know, hey, I got to talk to you guys, and so, um, now what's cool about this movie, though, um, the setting going in, even going into the first scene in the office, uh, and this seems to all be stemming from an interview he did while he was in prison, um, because that's the first scene is him being interviewed in prison by a reporter or investigative journalist. Uh, and she's kind of narrating the, the beginning of the movie. So um, everything is just really uh, intense. Every scene, like beginning, the first couple of scenes, the colors, the sounds, everything in this movie is very... Um, uh, control. It's not controlled. It's just like it jumps off the page. Like the visuals, the, even the sound. Um, and I believe they did this because the story is very, very cut and dry. The guy, you know, he got caught up in this stock market uh, crashing. And um, the story is kind of sad and it's really kind of drab so I believe the director and screenplay and every, everyone that went put their two cents into this movie to make it what it was they knew they had to make the visuals and everything else outside of the story really kind of pop and they in my opinion they did a good job it's what really makes the movie watchable um, because like me I knew what happened you know the guy goes to prison before I even watched the movie so 
when you're when you're watching a movie like this and it doesn't really have a lot of action or anything it's mainly all uh intense focus drama on this family and uh what happens to the family once he gets arrested so they did a really good job because um right in the first couple of scenes uh with them walking into the office to talk to them just the colors the sound you know when they open the door they sit in the chair as he's writing these fake checks he um spills ink or something water on one of the checks and he's wiping the check and it's very loud like just him wiping just like whoa, whoa. and just him writing like it, everything's very overt like you can every nothing is missed nothing is like uh taken for granted in the uh shooting of, of this movie and i think it helps it really helps this type of slow drab type of story or storyline it doesn't really have like a arc or anything like that it's just really cut and dry so bravo to them bravo to the directors and uh because uh you know i would watch this movie again but um you know the story so the story which uh starts out with them pressing him and now he's has a, having a meeting with his sons, his wife, the same day, you know, takes them home and he tells them, hey, look, it's all fake. The whole business, the whole company, it's fake. We don't make any trades. <clears throat> Everything's fake. I take money. Basically, what this guy does, he takes money. Uh, people give him money. They give him money to invest. And instead of him investing the money, he takes the money and he pays off other people that have given him money to invest. So basically, um, you know, one week he, he gets money from one person or a group and he promises, he promises them a return. And then the following week he gets another investor to put in some money. He takes that money and pays the guy he uh, took the money from last week. And he just keeps that going on and he skims off the top because if if you know if you invest 50 bucks and I get the next guy to give me a 200 bucks I'm gonna give you a hundred back and I'm gonna keep the the remainder so he's constantly making money off of scheming off the top and never really actually investing or trading or doing anything apparently and that's my um, <laughs> uh, my mindset as far as like how this has um, been going on for this guy and he's telling his sons like the whole company is fraud and his sons just they they can't believe it they're just like you can tell they look up to this guy the oldest son is cursing like oh you're a fraud you're going to prison you're stealing all these people's money and he's just like and the youngest son is like no way you can't they, they just can't believe it and the wife is like oh, what's what's a Ponzi scheme and he's just like you know, it's all fake. You know, people give me their money. I lie to them. I take money from other people. I lie to them. You know, you know, still from Peter to pay Paul type of thing. And they're disgusted. And he's like, hey, look, I know you're mad, but there's a few hundred million dollars left. Um, and the reason, the reason, the reason the shit hit the fan is... Everybody called in their marker. Like, 
I'm calling in my maca. You know, everybody called in their maca because when the stock market crashed, I'm assuming that most people cashed in or, or wanted to pull their, their, their investments. So that means people that he had that had invested with him wanted their money. They wanted to pull their money out of the game. And when that happens, he has to pay up. Like he can't just say, oh, no, you can't pull the money. Now it's their money. So once the market crashed, people wanted their money out of these deals. And so the shit hit the fan. So he's he's $60 billion uh, in the rear. <laughs> So it's like, how how does how did this even happen? You know, how did this guy get away with this for so long? And again, like I said, he was chairman of uh, Nasdaq, I believe. So everyone trusted him. Like this guy is 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 looks over everything, and he knows the ins and outs of everything. So if someone, if he, if he told someone that uh, you know he can invest their money and make them money, you would assume he knows what he's talking about. You know, it's just kind of like Michael Jordan uh, being a greatest basketball player uh, this side of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> um, if he says, hey, I want to do a basketball camp, I want to Coach, I want to start a franchise, or you know, he's 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 invested in teams and he's been GM to general manager. Like people will trust him because you know, look at look at what he's been able to do in that realm of sports and basketball specifically. So you would think the same thing with this guy. If he if he's if he's worked his way up to chairman of, of Nasdaq, then I I think this is why his sons were so stunned. Like. Well, how are you so legitimate? But you're everything you've done is been alive. Like you're just stealing money from everybody. So they're stunned. So he's like, "Look, just chill out. Give me a week. I'm gonna get everybody set up financially, and then I'm gonna turn myself in." Now this sounded like a great idea. I'm thinking, "Hey, all right, pop. You know, you got us into this. You get us out. You know." But um. No, they, that wasn't a good idea. Uh, luckily for them, they called um, their uh, lawyers. No, actually, I think what happens is the oldest son's father-in-law, so his wife's dad, had invested, uh, I think he said it was 50 million. No, I don't think they said how much, but he invested a, a, a quite a bit of money with Bernie. So I think he ended up calling him like, hey, my dad just told me A, B, and C and that any nobody's going to get their money because there is no money. You know, he never banked on everybody wanting their money at one time. So even though he had people putting their money in, it wasn't nearly enough to pay, every, pay everybody out. And maybe uh, my analysis of this is, is not uh, as accurate as... It should be, but, you know, I'm just a guy watching a movie, so from what I can understand, you know, he, he he took a lot of investments. He didn't invest the money, and I guess when he did have to pay out, 
uh, returns, he used other investors' money. You know, um, it's kind of like a bank, but I mean, when you put money in the bank, you're not expecting to uh, for them to double or triple your your money. You know what I mean? So, but they lend your money out as well. But it's like uh, you're not expecting a. a, a, a to have your money doubled or tripled or anything like that. I mean, you just want what you have in there, maybe some interest, but other than that. Uh, so this this guy is just basically just robbing people without a gun. And um, this, the stunning thing about this is as he's telling his sons um, and they flip out, his wife's like, what? what? She doesn't know what's going on. She's a stay-at-home mom, basically. Uh, for pretty much their entire relationship. Well, I wouldn't say that. I guess it started in the 70s, but uh, since they had kids, basically. Um, And, you know, they call, the son son calls his father-in-law, they call the lawyer, the lawyer sits them both down, and they tell him what's going on. Like, hey, dad said, everything's fake. There There are no investments. And he wants to give us give him a week so he can get his affairs in order and get us all set up financially before he turns himself in because he knows that you know this is he can't pay these people back and he's gonna go to jail for you know not having any kind of uh, investment there's no investments there's no trades there's nothing just give me your money I'm gonna give you more money back for your investment and Hey, I want my money back. I don't have it because I just lied to you. So that's illegal. <laughs> I mean, um, this guy was really trusted, apparently, because uh, I mean, people were a lot of people lost all of their money, like not just their investment, like all of their money. Um, it was hundreds of people. Maybe even thousands. Uh, it's pretty, pretty sad, man. Um, so the sons are having this conference with the lawyer, and the lawyer is basically like, "Hey, look, if you guys wait a week to uh, turn your dad in, you guys are going to prison with him because you already know that this is a scam." And you know that he's in the process of distributing stolen money. And if you don't turn him in, you know, you guys are cooked as well. So once they realize that, they cut off all contact with their dad that day. And unfortunately, their mom as well. Um... So, uh, yeah, that, that was it. They, um, turned their dad in. So the next morning, um, the feds show up, knock on the door and he lets him in. He's calm. He's cool. And again, I have to go back to the setting and the set design the music, the sound, everything that comes along with the visual and sound of this movie was 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 done very well, and so I believe 
because of lack of story, they really emphasize the stuff. Um, one scene where uh, Michelle Pfeiffer or uh, his wife, uh, Bernie Mayo's wife, um, I guess she's lighting a cigarette or something and she like uses a match and she blows the match out and she's just dramatized it so like, oh, like this is a big deal. Like whew, she blows the match out and it's like fades away and then go into the next scene. It's, it, it's, it, it's not overdone either. It's done done very well. Um, if um, I like to actually, now I'm interested in um, seeing other movies direct, directed by this uh, director because um, a lot of times for me that really makes the film uh, especially one of those films that you watch over and over again like for, for me some movies if I don't if I watch a movie or a show a TV show and then a week later I watch, someone else wants to watch it and I if I watch it again with them then to me that status it, it just it raises the status of that content because I can watch it again almost back to back and most most films and movies I can't do that I, I won't sit through it again um, if I just watched it uh, so uh, but this, this is, uh, yeah, so this the set design and everything, the colors, the sound, uh, really jumps off. So they come in, they talk to him, he writes him in, he's like, hey, look, I, uh, I have a Ponzi scheme. I mean, he just confessed, like, he, he doesn't try to run. Um, he must have known something was going on because he sends his wife out the night before to, to, switch $10 million over to one account to another account. So I think luckily for him, he did that because um, I guess they seized the rest of his money. You know, he confesses to the feds. The feds, uh, they call it in. They're like, yeah, bring him in. I mean, he just admitted to committing fraud and uh, take, bring him in. So they bring him in and, um, the wife is flipping out, of course, you know. This has been going on since uh, the 70s. Um, according to one of his long-term long, uh, traders, the guy Frank. And I like Frank. Uh, I think Frank went to prison as well. Uh, Frank, uh, he's like, yeah, it started in the 70s. And... Um, Bernie said the last time that he made a legitimate trade was in 1993, which was like 15 years prior to him getting arrested. And so when when the when this guy Frank, who uh, he's one of the few people that admitted to knowing about the scam or the Ponzi scheme, he worked on 17th floor and. <laughs> Uh, he was an interesting character because, I mean, he had been around, I guess he had been working for this guy since he was in his 20s. And um, 
the, uh, apparently the 17th floor, that those are the only people that really knew what was going on. So everybody else was, you know, coming to work, doing their job, apparently. Um, I, I, from what I can understand, the brother, I didn't know the brother went to prison, but I think he might have went to prison because he kept communicating more than likely with Bernie and they warned the sons um, that their lawyers warned them, you know, if you keep communicating with him during the investigation, they're, they're going to charge you as well. I, maybe the uh, brother didn't get that uh, heads up because uh, he went to prison. Uh, so when um, when they arrest him, they, they book him. And uh, one of the first signs that, you know, the shit has hit the fan, he, he has to sign. I think they charged him $10 million for a bond, I believe it was, which luckily his wife pulled out or moved that money around so they could have access to that because they freeze. Apparently, I'm pretty sure they froze all of his assets immediately. So, um he has to have three people sign for him to get out and the wife of course signed and so she's calling her sons and they're not answering from the jump from the time they turned him in his sons are the one that called the feds on him once they found out that you know they were going to be liable if they didn't turn him in right away so she's calling them like hey I need I need you guys to sign and they're, they're just like almost cursing her out like hey why don't you get the hell away from him because he's a criminal and you need to distance yourself and and she holds him down she's like hey you know this is this is all I got like you know y'all got y'all lives to live and I, 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 everybody in this movie I gotta say um, that his wife I, I felt sorry for the entire family to be honest with you but um I, I kind of feel like the sons didn't really have to work for their dad. I mean, I guess it would be crazy if your dad's insanely wealthy and successful and he's offering you a job, possibly taking over the company. Um, and, that, and that also leads me to one of my favorite scenes in the movie because they really don't ex- explain much. He, he, he buns out. He, he does burn out and then uh, he's on house arrest until you know they go to trial which that wasn't even really a trial but and um, <laughs> him and his wife uh, try to commit suicide which is not funny at all but they, they try to take sleeping pills and all kinds of narcotics to try to just fall asleep in their plush uh plush apartment in Manhattan, I'm assuming. Um, they, you know, hey, let's just take ourselves out here. She's down with it. You know, um, it's really sad. Man. It really is sad. Um, they don't take themselves out. Of course, they don't die. But he has this nightmare about everything that's happening and everything on fire and his sons. It's almost kind of like he can he can see what's going to happen. Like some, his sons are going to be really affected uh, in this nightmare that he has. So, um, but just the fact that they were uh, 
willing to try to kill themselves to not face everything. And she was going to do it too. Like, just, you know, what? how how would your sons feel um, if she did it? I'm sure they were mad at him, but wow. If they would have both died that night. The sons would have... I guess either way, they were, they were crushed. But to lose both of them like that, I, I can't see any world where that would have wouldn't have been way worse so um so they get up they wake up and you know they go to trial eventually and they're cut off from their sons so that the movie very emphasizes how much the family is split him and her and then the two sons are doing their own thing and the oldest son almost immediately the oldest son um is obsessing with what the media social media everything is uh saying about their family because it's all over the news again he's the chairman of nasdaq so this is big big this is new york times this is cnn fox cbs and this is over it, i remember this being on the news for for days and weeks um during the stock market uh, crash so um they really wanted to portray how much this affected especially the oldest son but all of them really she goes into um, once he actually goes to prison. You know they they froze all the money, so uh, she she the wife goes into um, salon to get her hair done after weeks of you know kind of just hiding out, and they they won't even let the lady get her hair done because of some of the people that worked there or some of the owners of the business who had invested with them and lost a lot of their money so they, they didn't want her there and just it was, it was like uh, the black sheep it was just kind of like not only was he a thief but his whole family was thieves which is just unfair really you know what I mean like really unfair but that, I mean that's how it is that's I guess people and families if you have a family you have to take that into account if you're gonna take advantage of this many people they're not gonna care about your family so um one of my uh, favorite scenes though is of course they start an investigation and they're interviewing everyone um they interview the sons they interview this guy frank that worked on the 17th floor I don't show them interviewing. Yeah, they do interview the wife. They, of course, they had to. Um, while they're interviewing the oldest son, he's like, you know, they're asking him, so what did you work? And he's like, hey, I worked in, I believe he said marketing. Um, and they're like, so you worked for your dad in the same building, same company for 20 years. And he didn't know that he was still in marketing. He's like, no, I worked in marketing. I'm a totally separate part of the business. Uh, my dad worked. He was over the advisory, which I guess is, you know, the money coming in because they're they're getting investments. So the advisory is what Bernie ran. He ran all of that in that 17th floor. And I guess the sons didn't have any access to any of that. So he's screaming at the FBI as they're investigating him. Like, you're asking me about 20 years. What about you guys? 
how the hell didn't you guys know he was stealing money? Like, you guys got to take some responsibility as well. And I totally agree. Like, there's no way this guy was able to not have to make trades or anything like that. Like, how was he just completely winning all the time? Somebody had to see that and just say, somebody else was in on this. They looked the other way. He, he, he put some money in places so people would just say, hey, this guy's, this guy wins all the time, which is kind of, you know, impossible. You can't win all the time, but he does. And nobody says anything. So the son is right. He's like, well, what the hell are you guys asking me for when you guys should have known if this, he hadn't made a legitimate trade since 1993. And um, so uh, when they're talking to the guy, Frank, the guy, Frank is just like, he's just like, you know, I knew what was going on. And one of the other ladies, one of the ladies from, uh, or secretaries or clerks, I believe, from the 17th floor, which was the advisory, uh, you know, uh, floor. She had a salary of, uh, or net worth, I believe, $50 million. <laughs> And she's just like a clerk um, in, a, in the advisory department. And, and then the FBI is asking her, like, you, you know, you got $50 million in the bank. You, you never thought for someone that graduated from high school that that's, that's a little extravagant. That's a little uh, strange. And she's just like, no, not really. Like, all right, you're going to prison. <laughs> like, you know, even in the best sales job, like, that would be, like, ridiculous, you know? Um amount of money so they go on with the investigation and interviewing everyone and everyone's guilty you know uh, or they just didn't know now the the brother being over compliance I don't see how he didn't know something I think he just figured hey it's my brother's company so in the end he's gonna have to take responsibility and he was able to get away with it. So I believe he probably just said, hey, he has connections that I don't have. So I'm, I'm going to follow the leader. He's made me rich and he's been able to rise to the height of this type of uh, occupation as far as being, you know, on Wall Street. Like he's the top of his game and everybody looks up to him. He's probably winning awards and all kinds of stuff because his his his. Uh, he never loses. All, all of his projections always win. He always wins. And no, apparently he's not winning anything because when you guys pull your money, uh, he had nothing. So um, the brother went down. And that, that's pretty sad. I think they could have uh, focused a little bit more on that. But they don't. They go into the family. Uh, like I said, the son immediately starts to focus on the oldest son on just how much negative stuff is being said about all of them like people want them dead and uh what's sad about the sons like i said i don't think the sons necessarily had to work for him and one of the um 
about six months, I guess, before this all happened, they were at a beach party. I don't know if it's a birthday party or something like that. I believe it might have been Bernie's birthday party. And uh, the sons press him um, about the company. And the oldest son is just like asking the brother, hey, let's, let's ask him, you know, because once he dies, we need to know how to run the company. And right now, we don't know anything because he doesn't even let us access the department at all. Like he runs the advisory, that's where the investments come in, and we have absolutely no idea how it works. And so if he dies, how are we gonna keep the company going? And so they, they press him about it and, the, and he's like, you know, you guys keep, you, instead of, I thought you guys just wanted to talk to me and wish me happy birthday, you come at me with this BS. And so the youngest son, he's pissed. He just gets up and he curses. Just like fuck this shit, I'm out. It's, apparently they've tried. Apparently they've tried this over and over again. And he just never gives in, and it's because he didn't want to tell them that he was a thief, and he had been lying to them basically their whole lives. Because um, if this started in, started in the '70s, I believe you know the sons were born in the '60s or '70s, so pretty much their entire lives, his dad has been. A fraud. So he didn't want to tell them that. But um, the sons could have worked for someone else. They didn't have to work for him. The wife, on the other hand, like, what is she going to do? You know, like, she's tied to this guy. I think they met as teenagers. And I felt really sorry for her because of that. Because it's just like, you know, what, what could she do? Like, would he even listen to her? If she even knew what was going on, he probably wouldn't. You know, uh, especially after he, he became wealthy from his first few uh, uh, illegal investments. Um, yeah, he wouldn't listen to her. But the sons could have, you know, seen the writing on the wall. Hey, he's not going to let us teach us how to run, do this business. So why are we going to just they could have done their follow their own passion. I mean, it's easy for me to say, you know, I can understand why they didn't because he's he was insanely successful. So that would be kind of dumb for you not to if it was legit, but it wasn't. So they they had to suffer. And that, that was really the entire movie. The majority of the movie really focuses on them. And, uh, so uh, they're not talking to the mom. So she's really torn about that. And it looks like the son, the oldest son and his wife were having issues, marital issues, which that's kind of what they looked like. They wanted to portray like he wasn't, he was so focused on what everything was going on. He might have, obviously he had psychological issues, but it was sad, man, because you could just look like their marriage fell apart. And then, um, he just kept obsessing over it to the point where that brother stopped talking to him. The younger brother, him and his wife, it seemed like they were uh, ignoring him. Like they didn't want to hear him obsessing about what everybody was saying that they're all frauds. They they have the money. They helped him steal the money, which um, I I can, I believe that they, they, the sons didn't know exactly what was going on. Or the, but I do believe that at least the brother and other people they they had to know something wasn't legit 
because if if he was just constantly winning. So one of the scenes in the movie, um, it says that uh, in 2005, I guess the SEC, and it, uh, apparently this is the only time that the government got a whiff of this guy uh, lying everywhere, committing fraud. The SEC could have exposed him. Um, all they had to do was uh, check his tax ID number or something like that, which I don't, probably, that's not what it was, but it was some type of control number that they had been asking him for. So he goes in, he talks to them, and he's like, oh, why do y'all need this? You know, I'm, I'm over this department and that department, kind of like throwing his weight around, like you guys don't know who you're messing with, you know, everything's in order. Why are you guys even talking to me? I've already reported to another department, which he was probably paying off. So the department, they were like, hey, we don't really communicate with them. We do our own separate investigation and we need you to follow up on A, B, and C. And so he knows that if he gives, if he gives the wrong information where they can go check and actually see his trades, I believe, that he would, he would be screw but he has to give them information so he gives them the information and apparently they don't they don't they never check it so this was in 2005 so he finally goes down in 08 so they could have avoided you know three years of people investing their money you know so i you know if anybody should have went to jail like they should have really investigated well why if it was so easy to see punch in one number to see that this guy's a fraud why didn't that happen you know and um so some of the people who lost their money should have that should have been part of the investigation because i would think that some of these people got paid off like hey how much do you make a year to do your uh your uh compliance sec job you know i let me triple that and you look the other way it had to happen. So I think they could have done a little bit more on how he was able to get away with this, but they really don't. It really, this was really about the family and how they were hounded by the government. And and it's like people, it's a lot. Uh, they showed several people kill themselves after he didn't pay their, if they, after they lost their money with, with Bernie. Like he caused people to kill themselves. Like, people died over this guy stealing their money. So the family, his family, once he went to prison, they really uh, took the brunt of it. I mean, I can't say that. I wasn't in prison like he was, but it it seems like they got sentenced just like he did, you know? So the oldest son, he he goes through a lot of issues, and it seems like him and his wife are split. And I guess while she's down visiting family, um, he's reaching out to everyone. His brother, he's reaching out. Uh, Because he didn't reach out to mom. And that's sad because his mom had been trying to, you know, those are her sons. And now the the dad's gone. But I think because the investigation made them not communicate with him to keep themselves out of prison, they were mad at their mom for having his back and maybe they couldn't once once they knew that the mom was going to be on his side they knew that they couldn't really talk to her either and that, that's sad you know because basically they lost both both of their parents 
um, behind this, and the mom really didn't have any control, I don't believe, over any of this, so they really shouldn't have blamed her for supporting them like that. But, hey, I'm not them, so um, it's, it's a very sad and serious, really is serious. Um, but the way the movie shot, it doesn't really make you feel that way uh, while you're watching it. They move on really quick through, through the scenes, and the acting is, is pretty good, so um, it moves along pretty well. Um, now, the... Uh, there's, again, there's no way that they should have caught this guy earlier, but they did. And so the son is, they're, they're being sued left and right, apparently, by the government, uh, these individuals. Uh, when Bernie goes to trial, he just confesses, like, hey, I did it, guilty, pleaded guilty to all the charges, like six charges. And all the people in the courtroom, when he's sentenced, they, they let a lot of the victims come, and they're screaming they want their money. It's really sad. Um, they gave him 150 years. So, uh, it's really sad. But, uh, you know, the sons, they tried to find out what was going on, and he just he brushed them off. He told them to fuck off. Like, hey, look, this is my money, my company. If you don't like it, kick rocks. And because of that, I think, you know, they didn't want to go down. They didn't want to go down for him, and they did. But they still suffered the consequences because they were the only ones left behind uh, out in the public. He was in prison, so everybody's left behind it. He took advantage of, you know, now his family is a target. And I guess the oldest son couldn't handle that. And he reached out and I guess no one really took his reaching out serious and he, he hung himself. Um, and that was in, I believe, 2010. So about two years after his dad goes to prison, he hung himself. Really sad. Um, uh, the after this happens, uh, one of the crappiest parts of the movie is uh, I believe the son and the son that hung himself, uh, father-in-law, sends this message to Bernie. I guess he's some kind of way he was able to send a video, a picture, or something of the son hanging from uh, his apartment and I thought that was just so low class man like the guy's got life in prison he lost everything now his son killed himself and now you're gonna rub it in like what what did he get out of that like I mean (laughs) as if his son being dead wasn't enough you know but I you know, I guess he lost a lot of money, and then now his his grandkids lost their dad. So maybe he's just really angry. But uh, I just that was I hey that was disgusting, man. I mean, I, the guy should have been punished, but 
man. You know, he didn't have to do that. But, um, the movie moves along and the mom who has been supporting him, the mom, the wife, uh, who's played by Michelle Pfeiffer, she's been sort of supporting him, visiting him, going to see him, keeping him up on stuff. But once the, the son, the first son dies, she she uh, reaches out to the younger son and he's basically like, hey mom, you know, it's been a few years, but I want to connect with you, but you can't talk to dad. You can't visit him anymore. You gotta just write him off. And so she goes to visit Bernie and she tells him. It's almost like he showed no emotion the whole movie. Like this guy has the most poker face I've ever seen. <laughs> and I guess the real guy is that's how he was because uh, Robert De Niro is a very good actor. I'm sure he would have studied as much video and stuff as he could on this guy. The guy just had a poker face. Like no matter what was going on, he didn't really even show any emotion. He got 150 years. It's just like, oh, okay, sorry, sorry, I did what I did. You know, bada bing, bada boom. And um, so when she tells him that, he's like, mm, okay, I've been with you 60 years, and now I'm, basically I'm never gonna see you again, talk to you again. All right. Just a typical Tuesday. And uh, so she goes off and she um, she reconnects with her son. And that was good for her. I, I was happy that she got some kind of win. But uh, it didn't last long. So uh, I guess 2014. So this is 2010 when the first son passed. And then 2014, I believe the second son uh, passes away of cancer and uh, I'm not quite sure if the wife talks to him again I wouldn't be surprised if she did I mean I, I would hope she still had uh, communication with her grandkids but you know, both her kids are gone and, uh, it's kind of all, all, all she has is uh her husband now who's in prison for the rest of his life. So, but I don't remember them really pointing out that they uh, talked anymore after you know she left to reconnect with the younger son. So, um, they they continue to sue her. They sue the grandkids. They sue the kids' trust. Like they just they tried to recoup as much money as they could. Uh, from them once he went to prison and um, the Googles the Googles told me that she uh, she moved to Florida for a little while with some family and then she ended up moving back up to the northeast I, I believe with her son I think and maybe his ex-wife not ex-wife but one of the son's uh, widows and so you know she there was even this weird story I saw online the other day about her um, winning the lottery like three or four months ago, which ended up being crap. And I honestly, I tried to like find an article on it because I think it was like some somebody tweeted it or something. And it was crap um, because I couldn't find anything uh, backing it up because um, I would have been happy for that lady to win the lottery because it's like, come on, man. Like People probably still 
bother her, harass her. Like, like she's the one that made all these deals and stuff. And then lose her sons that way. Because I'm, I'm almost sure that wouldn't happen to them. And not exactly that way. Uh, if this, if he never did that. So. This is uh, part two of um, my review of The Wizard of Lies, which is um, episode four. And so we're just wrapping up The Wizard of Lies and <clears throat> very somber movie. Um, the, uh, the wife bounced... The wife bounced around uh, after he, after her uh, second son passed away. And, um, in the movie, they they really don't uh, portray them connecting or talking again. But I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Uh, so it looks like um, after everything was said and done, uh, they did recoup. Uh, I think less than a hundred million. Of the 60 billion I could be wrong but I think that at the end of the movie they they said that that's about how much they were able to get back out of uh, the family and Bernie and his associates uh, so I guess Frank and some of the other people in, in the advisory went to prison um, the brother as well Pete I think I believe his name is Peter Madoff went to prison 10 years they said uh, and it, the movie, I wish they would have focused a little bit more on the oversight of no one seeing this happening since since at least 1993, maybe even longer than that. Um, but this guy's just getting millions of dollars uh, invested with no actual business going on at all. It's like pretty wild. But... Um, I don't believe it. I believe other people just got away and this guy was the, uh, the scapegoat, honestly. It really, really could. In my opinion, that's just, just no way. Uh, so uh, the movie ends with, you know, the, uh, them interviewing him. And my second favorite part of this movie, along uh, outside of the sun, basically just yelling at the. FBI, like you know, f you guys, man. Like you guys should have knew what was going on. That was that was an intense scene. Um, that guy is also uh, his son, uh, uh, the guy that plays his oldest son. I think he's going to be in this movie um, uh, about the Sopranos, the Jersey something. That's a movie coming out uh, a couple of weeks or next month. Looks really good. It's a, like a prequel to The Sopranos, and he's—I think he's playing uh, the uncle to the uh, uh, James Scalafini, uh, his character, which I think his son is actually playing him. He looks just like him. That was great casting. <laughs> you were born to play this role, son. Um, so that looks like that's going to be good. Uh, his, that guy also played a very good. He really did a good job in his role. Um, so it ends, and 
Uh, Bernie passed away. Bernie Madoff just passed away in 2021. He's 82 years old. Uh, apparently, he died of natural causes, which I never really understand what that actually means. But uh, the uh, that was pretty much it. And the one, one of my favorite scenes is at the end. She's asking him, you know, um, you ran this company, but your your sons were, you know, basically like co CEOs almost. And what's your excuse? to have them in a business like this committing fraud, stealing. And if you would have walked out in front of a bus or dropped dead of a heart attack, they would have been liable for everything that happened because everything would have fell on them because you're dead. And he, even though he was already in prison and apparently served quite a few years, because I guess he went in in 20, 2008 or nine, and he passed away in 2021. Um, he still didn't get it. Like, dude, you know, no matter, because his whole thing was, it was all separate. Like, their departments were totally separate from anything that was illegal. But everything was built on the illegal funds. So if he wouldn't have confessed and took all of the blame, I believe, you know, you did that because to save face, because it's like, well, if I don't, everybody's going to prison because they all got rich off of this scheme. So he had to kind of like take all the credit for it because otherwise everybody's been lying to not only are going to lose their money, but they're going to prison. And that's not fair. So he knew he had to kind of like, even though um, they should have known something was going on, going on but um She's like, what What kind of excuse would you have? Like, they would have went to prison. And he's just like, oh, but, you know, they didn't. Why'd it be? And she's just like, you know, you piece of shit, dude. Like, that could have easily happened. He could have easily, because that's, during the movie, they're pressing him about, you know, his legacy and, and inheritance and the will and, like, who's going to take over? Like, if, if it's me, is it him? Uh, you know, the older son or the younger son. If so, we don't know how to run the business. So he's just like, get out of here. Kick rocks. I don't care. I'll, I'm taking care of this. Don't worry about it. But she's right. Like, look, the woman that was interviewing him, you know, you would have died. They would have took over this business and then saw that everything was a fraud. And then they would have had to go to prison because they wouldn't have had the money to pay anybody because there was no money, you know, um, except for the money that had been given to them. There was no, <laughs> there was no turnarounds. There were no um, dividends, nothing. Just, so that was a very strong ending to that because it just kind of showed you like this guy really didn't, he, he got caught, but he really didn't care, really. It seems, you know, that's how they try to portray it. So, um, really tough, really tough movie. Really, toward at the end, after the movie, you kind of realize, like, wow, that's really serious um, uh, movie, and the weight of it all was pretty heavy. So, um, 
wrapping up the uh, podcast, uh, I do want to say again, my siblings uh, have started a business, um, and I'm helping them out as much as I can. Uh, and that, uh, so if you do know anyone that wants to learn English, or they, they know English, or they they want to learn it better. Um, Tell them to go to the Super English School USA.com. Um, they will be opening the Brazilian Bistro, which is a coffee and pastry uh, shop that is uh, part of the school. Um, and of course, you can take classes online with the school, uh, but they'll also be having school. Uh, classes in person um, so go to superenglishschoolusa.com um, if you're in the area support the Brazilian Bistro um, I'm going to be in there as much as I possible helping them out um, and you can uh, they're on Facebook at the same name superenglishschoolusa.com um they're also on Instagram, same name. Um, now, I do have some other pods coming. Uh, as I said, uh, working on getting um, one of those recorded uh, this week. So you'll be seeing that come up, and I'll, I'll put that up on my uh, Instagram, which is uh, Reviews with Z uh, on Instagram. Um, also, I'm on Twitter uh, at Z with uh, reviews so you can reach me on Twitter uh, as well that's Z with reviews and uh, so there'll be updates there there'll also be information about the school and the bistro come on in get some good coffee get some pastries um, uh, for lunch or uh, if you on the weekend you got some time to come in and hang out uh, just come out and support uh, also um, I'm going to be uh, dropping my episode I believe it's episode 3 so I haven't had time to watch the Vikings I, I gotta really sit down and uh, catch up on that uh, so I can do episode 3 and that will be later this week so uh, yeah so look out for that. Thanks for listening. And for my reviews, of course, I'm always going to be using this five-star system. Uh, five stars is excellent. Four stars is great. Three stars is good. And two stars below average. One star is, one star is uh, trash. It's garbage. Garbage, as they say. Uh, so you don't want the Darth Vader light saber star. Don't want that. Uh, for this movie... Um, I have to give it a three. Um, give it three stars. It was good. Um, again, the storyline was kind of drab. Uh, it was clean cut. You know, the guy confessed. He didn't really fight the charges or anything. It didn't really explain how he got away with it. But on the outside, looking in, he was just such, you know, he was such a hot shot that no one questioned that he would be stealing because he was just like at the top of his game. Um, but again, I don't believe that. I believe the guy was paying people off. There were way other. There had to be other people up at, at the top 
of their game like him in that industry that knew and even helped him and politicians and all that. So um, I think that it would have been great to uh, dive into that. Uh, But I think telling the family story was important to the um, writers and director. And, um, you know, the news never really talked about that. So that's why I believe it was a good good movie. I will watch it again um, in the future. It's not one of those movies that I'm like, eh. Uh, It was good. Um, The visuals, the sound, everything um, outside of the story really made this a... Uh, good movie, above average movie. Um, great acting, of course. Uh, Robert De Niro is one of my favorite actors. Um, so, uh, good movie, three stars. And so, I will be seeing you guys hopefully later this week, definitely uh, next week. Uh, I'll see you guys and gals on the next pod. Same time, same channel. Peace.